Good morning. Welcome to the Mr. Relevant Podcast. It's Thursday, September 21st. I'm your host, Jamie Mottram, and I'm joined here on the pod for the first time ever, the one and only Washington Post Redskins reporter, Mike Jones. Mike, what's up, man? Hey, I'm doing well, Jamie. How you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm flattered that you would be on the podcast. The last time your name was mentioned here, it was uh, when Dan Steinberg selected you number one overall in the D.C. sports media draft. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my signing bonus. Steins is kind of holding out on me, man. I feel like you need to like did a transcript of that podcast, take it to the bosses at the next contract renegotiation, <laughs> and, then, and hopefully we'll have made you some money. Steins' word at the Washington Post is gold, so you know I think so. Maybe that's what I'll do. Uh, well, enough inside baseball, inside media baseball. Uh, Redskins Raiders Sunday night, highly anticipated matchup. Uh, personally, as a Skins fan, I'm I'm not feeling great about it, but I never feel great about the Redskins. Um, you posted key matchups on on the post uh, earlier today, maybe or maybe it was yesterday. Yep. Um, yeah, the one that. I am uh, really, really nervous about is Khalil Mack versus yeah. Morgan Moses or whoever is playing right tackle. Uh, what's going on there? Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting because um, Morgan Moses didn't look good at all in the season opener or really that good in the preseason either, especially um, in pass protection. He looked better this past Sunday um, against the Rams. And so you're hoping that he's turned a corner. But the other problem is, is that he sprained an ankle. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. We'll see how he does today when practice starts at 1 o'clock. Uh, but either way, you're going against one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. You want to be completely healthy. They're going to probably have to give him a little help, I would think. Um, so this pass rush... They had a good pass rush the last couple of weeks, but this pass rush here, um, you know, it, Khalil Mack leads the way. They got a lot of guys that like to fly around and get after the quarterback. And so Kirk Cousins really needs more time in that pocket. He, for whatever reason, just does not look comfortable even when there's not pressure. So they've got to get this passing game on track, and stopping Khalil Mack will go a long way towards doing that. I, I'm already like flashing forward to like the second quarter of the Sunday Night Football broadcast when Collinsworth is going through like a highlight reel of Khalil Mack's like two and a half sacks in the first quarter. Oh, <laughs> I, oh. I can see that happening. Like it's just set up for him as like a star player on, in prime time to kind of you know eat Morgan Moses up. Yeah, it it, it it's not. Not, um, <laughs> it's not you know a good feeling going into it. I mean, I asked Jay Gruden yesterday when you think about this Raven, this Raiders defense, what comes to mind, and he said, "Oh, number fifty-two, of course." And that was the first thing that he thought of. So, if the first thing he's thinking about is Khalil Mack, you know that uh, they're really trying to to scheme up something and figure out what they've got to do to give Morgan Moses some help because uh, they know that one guy probably won't be able to do it on his own. The other thing I'm worried about, and you highlighted this in the key matchups, is Marshawn Lynch. But not just Lynch, but like the whole Raiders offensive line. Like they got one of the best lines yeah. in the league. And I don't know. It's early still. There's a lot of new starters on defense. I don't think run defense is the you know one of this team's specialties. Uh, mm-hmm. What what do you look for in the in the Marshawn Lynch matchup? Well, I mean, you know, he's 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 back, and he he's still a hard runner. He's, I'm, he has not gashed teams the first two weeks he's averaging like four yards a carry but he just runs so hard and then they've got guys that they can throw in there that have really good speed as change of pace and you saw Todd Gurley started wearing the Redskins down and so mm-hmm. you know 
that Marshawn Lynch with his style of running is has the capability of wearing the Redskins down. Um, they've got to fly to the ball. Mason Foster was talked to him yesterday. He said they know they can't one-on-one tackle. They've got to have multiple guys there to hit Lynch. Um, like you said, this is a really good line, so they can't afford to get thrown out of the way. Um, in the trenches, I think that they are better than what we've seen in the past. How much better, I don't know yet. This will be another good test for them to see. But Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis, those two guys are young guys that are steadily improving. Uh, Stacey McGee, Terrell McClain, we're still, you know, they've, they've had some contributions, uh, but they've got to get better. And so it's going to have to take a collective effort to slow down this run rushing attack. They're averaging 120 rushing yards a game, which is among, I think, the top uh, six in the league uh, the Raiders are. And so they want to obviously you always want to make a team one dimensional. But the problem about that is Derek Carr can drop back and throw with mm-hmm. the best of them. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're um, taking away a strength and leaving a team with its weakness. It's, you know, either way, pick your poison. Well, I, I feel like going against Marshawn is like going against you know, like one of your fantasy guys, you know, like right. I don't think anybody wants to root against Marshawn at this point. He's just too fun. Right. Like his story yeah. is just too good. This is kind of like he's having a, a, a big moment here. I don't want to ruin it. Um, while, while we're on, you, you mentioned Jonathan Allen. Uh, I just want to settle in on him for a second because as a, as a, a layman, you know, just as a fan watching the games, it's hard to discern like how big of an impact he's making or how mm-hmm. good of a player he, he seems to be at this point. What, what is the, uh, the tenor of the conversation around him? Like, is, has he been really impressive? Has he been kind of a non-factor? You know, wh- where's he at? Um, he, he's, he has not been a non-factor. Mm-hmm. He has recorded pressures and mm-hmm. he's done well against the run. I would not say he's been dominant yet, but he looks a lot better than as a rookie than some of the Redskins starting defense alignment looked like as eight year veterans last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a really good motor. He's relentless. He doesn't take plays off like, you know, different guys that we've seen in the past. He just like really brings it. He's still learning though. And so he's flashing potential right now. Um, you know, he's, he's been close on some sacks. Once he starts actually recording those sacks and those tackles for a loss is when you can say that he is rounded into form. Uh, I think they're really happy with what they're seeing from him and the work ethic and the improvement that, and the, the, the growth and understanding that he's continuing to exhibit, but uh, he's not um, dominating yet, but it's been Mm -hmm. two games. So I think that they feel good about what they've got with them. I'd like to see the Mike Jones list of guys who have not tried hard in the past. (laughs) Who's like, who's at the top of that list? (laughs) (laughs) you <laughs> say who's at the top of the list yeah yeah um well obviously albert hamsworth is always the guy that you think of um who didn't try hard everybody loved chris baker but part of the reason why he's not back is, is because like he would play a play play a couple and, and then just like die and be in and, and disappear um here and there mm-hmm. um you know uh terrence knighton again another guy big space eater but he would just kind of like kind of go in waves mm-hmm. and things like that so Jonathan Allen, those guys who make that are great, the the Fletcher Coxes, the Aaron Donalds, um, you know, those are guys who don't just disappear after one play or two plays. They just continue to bring it and put pressure on their opponent. And so I think Jonathan Allen has the the potential to be able to be one of those guys. So far, um, he definitely has the motor. It's just still learning and understanding and and feeling his way along. Yeah, and that's why I ask. It's hard to tell. You know, just watching the broadcast. Uh, but he's he's mm-hmm. a, he's a key guy, so hopefully uh, he'll show up on on Sunday night. 
Uh, when you don't see him getting knocked back off the mm-hmm. line and then scrambling, trying to, to recover and get back into a gap mm-hmm. as a, a running back runs by, that's a good sign. You know, when you see him starting to knock his guy back, even if he's getting close to a quarterback, that's a little bit of a pressure he's putting on him. Those are just little baby steps mm-hmm. you want to see from him early on if you're watching. I think the whole knocked back scenario, is what you're describing there sounds a lot like the defensive line from last year, <laughs> like the whole, mm-hmm. the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You also post storylines to follow. I think you do that on Fridays, like five storylines yep. to follow for the, for the game ahead. What is yep. a big one for, for this matchup? Um, I still think that this passing game, you know, they got the run game going and, you know, you're hoping that you can, you, they can continue to build on that, but this passing game has still not been right yet. They had the last drive where cousins was three for three, but we have not seen a wide receiver, really step up and put his stamp on this thing yet. Uh, Terrell Pryor had some drops again. Uh-huh. Yes, he had a, a couple of catches on the, the and late in the game that helped. But we need to see Kirk Cousins and his receivers and his tight ends really get in sync and start being able to move the ball down in chunks. It's funny, you know, we talk about why don't you run the ball, why don't you run the ball? But part of the reason why you run the ball is so you can set up the play action attack. And last week, they didn't have any play action passes that worked. They had a couple they tried, but guys were covered or mm-hmm. they weren't getting open or, or, or cousins was making, um, you know, rushing his throw or something like that. So yeah, we want to see him continue to, to pound the football, but the passing game, you can't just win one way. You got to be able to win multiple ways. And so that's a big one is how this passing game. Now we're three games in, in the past cousins has taken three, four games to get going. Is this the mm-hmm. week that he finally starts clicking or mm-hmm. no? That was a weird game, identity wise. Like they didn't, they didn't even attempt a twenty-yard pass uh, against yeah. the Rams, and they ran the ball thirty-five times. So my my half-baked fan theory that I trotted out on our last episode was the reason they were so run-heavy is because that's the last thing Sean McVay would expect. <laughs> like, right. so, like right. McVay knows their identity as a team, so just do the exact opposite. Do you think that they are going to try to be more run-oriented, or was that kind of a one-time thing? They're going to try to be more one time run oriented, mm-hmm. but I do think that they especially went like ultra hard mm-hmm. in the run because they knew that Sean was expecting pass on first mm-hmm. down. Uh, Wade Phillips, the defense coordinator of the Rams, said this past week on Monday uh, during interview that he said we totally they totally broke from tendency running the ball on first downs. He said we were expecting pass first. Everything we had studied, their tendency was they pass first and they pass a lot. And these guys were running on first downs. And, you know, Jay Gruden had said last week is that every team has tendencies, but you want to play off those tendencies. And so they were looking for the pass. And so that was last week because Sean knows them so well. I think that they'll try to be a little more balanced, sprinkling. Sometimes they'll pass. Sometimes they'll run. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see going forward. But I do think that the coaches have a little more confidence in the run game now, having seen what they did last week. Well, I want to ask you about that because, you know, Kelly had – what's the diagnosis? Is it a fractured rib? Is it bruised or what? No, it's a bruised rib mm-hmm. and cartilage damage or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder – if that's just like fancy disguise for like hairline fracture or something uh, like, like that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would, he was I, putting I, his socks on okay, and was wincing really bad, you know? Oh, um, so. I was going to say like, whatever it is, it would not allow me to get out of bed in the morning. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. Uh, he says, I'm feeling good as he like winces to pull on his socks. And right. I'm like, well, if that's feeling good, what is feeling bad? Like I had like, Five years ago, I had strained a rib and it was really painful to breathe. So I can't imagine like a cracked or, or like 
bruised and cartilage damage, I, I would just like have to like stay in a ball. So it might be P. Ryan and Thompson time. Uh, you had, I think it was your story that I was reading earlier this week. You had some interesting insight into how he, he became more effective as the game unfolded, perhaps right. because he was being more patient and letting the block set up. Um, I don't know. I mean, how if if Kelly is out, do you think they're going to have P. Ryan be the featured back and Thompson more, you know, in that third down back role that he's been in, or will it be a, a heavier mix towards Thompson? What's the outlook? Um, they, I think that they still they would go with P. Ryan. They like Chris Thompson, but they don't they don't feel like he's a guy that will be as effective with 20, 25 carries a game. Um, he's a guy that on short work is effective. Um, he knows how to come in there and high pressure situations and make something happen. And he was talking about that yesterday. It's pretty interesting. Um, but they feel like, okay, the guy that is our battering ram that will be our feature back. If Kelly can't go would be P Ryan. Um, and he's learning the feel for the game. You just don't take the hand off and just race towards where the hole's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta, you know, feel it out and watch things develop and unfold in front of you. And that's something that when I asked Randy Jordan after the game, he said, man, he was running everything like a trap. And I was like, slow down, (laughs) slow down, slow down. And finally you saw him start getting more effective because he was running with his eyes and varying his speeds and letting his linemen do the work instead of running up into the back of their heels and everything. And you know, the, the runs weren't going anywhere. What's your feel for P. Ryan, just being around the team, talking to people like Randy Jordan, like, do you think they've got something with him? Um, yeah, I mean, it's still really early. I know they were encouraged by what they saw, but uh, right now they still do trust Rob Kelly more. Um, and I think that they feel like, I mean, look, Rob Kelly had 67 yards rushing uh, before halftime. They, they're not saying, okay, well, let's just get rid of Rob Kelly and go P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's still very much Rob Kelly's job, and they feel like he's going to get better and better. But obviously, P. Ryan has a little more pedigree. He was the all-time leading rusher in Oklahoma history, and um, he's got a little bit more power and also a little more wiggle than Rob Kelly. There are times when I would like to see Rob Mm -hmm. lower his shoulder and just barrel guys over, Mm -hmm. um, and he doesn't, and he doesn't quite have as much of the quick twitch. So for right now, though, he's got the understanding and the experience and everything and that that they trust and value but I don't know. By the middle of the season, is P. Ryan taking that job? We'll, we'll see. It just <laughs> depends on how his progress goes. Um, and I'm enjoying the Chris Thompson show from the first two weeks. I think oh, yeah. everybody is. Uh, three touchdowns, big plays. Missed a big, big play, dropping one over the middle. But, you know, whatever. He made, more than made up yeah. for it elsewise. Otherwise, um, do you, like, he's had kind of a natural uh, progression, or an upward progression mm-hmm. in his career to date. Uh, is this like a flash in the pan moment or, and he'll like kind of go back to what he was maybe last year, or is, is he now found like a higher plane where this guy's actually an impact player? No, I think that this is, he's, he's ascending still because last year they used him like they did, but they at the same time were afraid to use him more because they didn't want him to get hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, he's, proven his durability that he's able to play through pain he's able to stay healthy relative you know as healthy as possible when you're getting when you're five eight and you know 200 pounds and getting hit by giants um but they they feel good about him and so they're going to involve him a lot more and that's why you've seen him running a lot more a wider variety of pass routes and Mm -hmm. and used in a different amount of ways 
but they'll still keep him on that 15 to you know 10 to 15 carry range and it, obviously you know it'll be you know more additional snaps as, as a pass catcher and things like that uh but i think that just the ways that they're going to use him is going to expand and that's why mm-hmm. you'll see him elevate himself even further i mean right now he's averaging i think it's 13 yards uh, a carry and like 15, 16, 17 uh, yards per catch. Uh, if this is in two weeks, obviously teams are going to start looking for him. But mm-hmm. uh, this, is, I think, is a good sign of the upward trend that we're going to see with Chris Thompson. Love it. And last question for you. It's, it's a primetime game, Sunday Night Football. I I feel terrible about that. Uh, I feel like the Redskins' record in primetime games is like 0-73. I don't know what the actual record is. Mm-hmm. Is that is that a thing with the team and around the team? <sighs> They they say that they're just approaching it as another game, mm-hmm. but they also do know that it's a big-time game. Everybody's watching, and they want to go out there and play well. I don't know why they suck in prime time. Um, you know, why are you able to get up for one at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and you can't get up for one when all the bright lights are on you? Is the pressure too big? I don't know. They seem to disappear. Uh, you're hoping that if they are going to take any steps forward, you have to be a team that wins in prime time. Uh, a win on Sunday would be huge. I don't know that anybody's expecting to win, but if they win and they're two and one as they go to the Chiefs, I think that's huge because then you're probably two and two um, after the first quarter of the season. Um, to be one and three, it's not awful, but. You know, it really would help you if you get this win here on on Sunday. Yeah, see, I like it because it would be an awesome win, but it wouldn't be a bad mm-hmm. loss. You know, it's right. like early in the season, right. not in the division. You're expected to lose. People have the Raiders, you know, contending for the Super Bowl. You know, it, there's not like pressure in, in terms of right. like if you lose, but if you win, oh, it's it's bandwagon time. Yeah, yeah. And because of that, the lack of pressure as far as like it's not a divisional game. So maybe these guys will be like, hey, look, we got nothing to lose. Let's just go out here and ball out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe that'll help them. Maybe, you know, just knowing that nobody's expecting them to win will, will serve as that motivation factor. But it's not going to be easy. Everybody's got to, you know, they need to get a little extra something out of everybody. Um, and we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, all our listeners can follow along with you at the Washington Post. They can follow you on Twitter at Mike Jones, Wapo. Now, is it is it Wapo or Wapo? Which way do you go on that? Wapo, Wapo for Wash Post. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever said Wapo in my life. It's always Wapo, and I, oh, really? I, I need okay. I need to mix yeah, that up. Well, I was like, when I first got there, I was like, what should my Twitter handle be? And somebody just said that. I think it was um, it was Dan Helly, um, <laughs> who was at NBC Four, and so I was like, okay, Helly, all right, it'll be Mike Jones Wapo. Why I didn't just do Wash Post? But you know, I don't know. But. I feel like you've now elevated to be the number one Mike Jones now that like Mike Jones the the recording artist has fallen off uh well actually that might be, that might be harsh to mike jones the record i'm not i haven't really followed his career since like i don't know five yeah, years ago kind of like fizzled a little bit but i mean there i'm sure there's some other mike jones that's got more clout than me out you there. could it's just, just you could be the you know. mike jones we gotta see if who's got the mike jones oh yeah yeah i, I mean like a lot of Mike Joneses are pretty confident, so I'm sure that somebody's got the Mike <laughs> Jones already locked up. It's a Mike. It's a Mike Jones trait. It's like, yeah, I was number yeah, one yeah. overall in the DC sports media draft. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right, man. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. I would love to do it again. Hopefully, uh, yeah, when the Reds let's are do two it. And one and haven't beaten the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Mike. Bye. All right. Thanks for having me.